Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and I interview WordPress entrepreneurs, people who are making a living using WordPress software, designers, developers, entrepreneurs, people who are starting SaaS businesses, digital downloads, all that fun stuff. This isn't just a geek session. This isn't just, let's talk about CSS and PHP. Uh, we're talking about real world stories of people running businesses and how they do it so they can help us uh, in our own WordPress businesses. So today I'm joined by Paul. Good child, Paul. Good to have you. And I, did it cut out? Yeah, it cut out for a second. Uh, okay. I think it's there, back. There it is. All right. So, Paul, good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So give the folks uh, a two-minute drill of what you do, who you are, and what you do with WordPress. Uh, basically, I'm a developer and a writer um, from Northern Ireland originally. Um, uh, it's hard to know where to start, but basically I'll start from now and go backwards. But basically, myself and my brother, we've launched a product just short of a year ago, which uh, it helps people manage their WordPress sites in bulk and allows people to um, perform lots of different tasks uh, from one central location so that they can manage all their WordPress sites and make that life a bit easier. Uh, first, go introduce the WordPress probably about four or five years ago now. Back in 2008, I think I started my own blog and I started a couple of other sites just kind of seeing what all the buzz was about, what was going on with WordPress. And uh, since then, uh, just continued writing, getting into WordPress and um, creating some WordPress sites for clients and things like that. Awesome. And before that, ultimately, my background was a developer. I was a Java, Java developer. Nice. Um, so that's really my core background. Um, uh, just working in that, really. And uh, I've just since really moved away from that. And now I'm basically focused on WordPress and WordPress and uh, awesome. trying to get that, that developed. Awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start from the top and work my way down. I usually go the other way. I'm just going to yeah. go right at it. Go Why it. another... WordPress management software. I saw, and let me give people the preface to, to this, I saw in the Twitter streams and how kind of we got connected was somebody yeah. said, oh my God, another WordPress management piece of software. And you chimed in with your, um, you know, with your reasoning. So tell the yeah. world why another one and why are you different? Uh, well, why we're different, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. That's sure. a bigger question. But uh, why another one? Um, well, we're all aware of MoneyWP. It was really the first one to um, to really push this product or this service. Um, we actually had the, as myself and my brother, we had this idea actually before MoneyWP launched, and that was they launched their beta about two, just over two years ago, mm -hmm. in December, I think it was. I remember remember the month, and we were sitting talking about how we're going to manage our own our own websites and their clients' websites better. And we thought we need to we need to build something for this. And about I'd say two weeks later, Manage WP launched the beta of um, Manage WP, and it was great. It was the first thing out in the market like that. But uh, and we knew by the response of the market to that, and I loved it, and everybody that that went near it loved it. And um, that there was a real there was a real need for that, and a real market for there. So um, we didn't actually get started on that straight away. But it wasn't long, and we started creating other little services and other things that would that got us to the point where we could release Warp It. But um, we believe there's there's huge scope for this market in not 
not only in managing WordPress sites, but doing everything that's related to managing sites. So you've got your hosting, and you've got your domains, and you've got, there's so much more that goes into managing a, web, a website uh, from a client's perspective or a developer's perspective. That's just much more than just updating your plugins and keeping your theme up to date and your WordPress core every time there's an update. Because they're obviously very important and they're one of the biggest use cases for this, for a service like this. But we feel that there's so much more scope um, for a service like this to go beyond what's currently there at the moment. And we're making, we're making headway into that at the moment. And uh, what makes us different? Um, <clears throat> Uh, one was well, two things. One were we built we managed WP of obviously was the first one there, and a couple of other people have come along and used, for example, their their plugin, for example, to create an alternative service, which is different and better and works in different ways. Uh, we decided to go it alone, and we created a, a new, a totally different system altogether from for connecting the sites. So in ours, you would add your sites differently. This is cosmetic differences, but I'll get into the the meat of it in a minute. But um, our our plugin basically is doesn't in itself do a whole lot. It stands as a receiver for anything that we send it. So we can we can send it. You can update this plugin or you update this thing. But we can also send it whatever we want. We can tell it. We can send or create our own custom packages on our server package them up and send them to the sites, which makes it a lot more flexible in how and what it can do. Um, so our what makes us different is our plugin is unique. It's only unique to Warpit. There's people can download the plugin and they can extend it because it's got great tech within it. But the actual functionality that that moves Warpit comes from the service itself. All the, so if the, if there's a bug, for example, within our code, we can change it centrally and that is immediately reflected on every package that you ever send out. So we don't need to go around updating people's plugins and things like that. So it's it's different based on its core technology. It's just different. It uses a package sender feature that yeah. that my brother has developed. It's really clever stuff. I wish I understood it. <laughs> but um but he's he's the core developer and he's he's created that magic. But the for users the main difference for us is that we have done away with this idea of having tiers. So you don't, you know, it's very common, most web services do it, where you have a service and you have a standard and a business and a pro and a gold and a platinum and everything else. We don't do that. We basically say, you can sign up. We've actually just released a huge new release yesterday, so you can have a trial of the product. Sign up for the trial if you like it. Uh, then you can subscribe for a premium sites uh, or premium service, which allows you to add as many sites as you want then. And every site that you add, you pay a little small fee for that. And you don't pay for 50 sites, you don't pay for 10, you just pay for exactly what you have. Right. And, and all the features of Warpit basically, fundamentally, are available to you. They, we only have one premium service at the moment, and that's the, the backup system, mm -hmm. which we could talk about later. But uh, all the services are available. You don't have a premium tier and all this stuff. And if we do release services which are premium, they will always be available to you. You don't have to pay a huge price every month just for the ability to clone your site. If you want to clone a site, you just clone it. Right. It's it's basically making it fully accessible and fully pay as you go without tears and without complexity like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an awesome answer and it sounds like a very interesting business model and that's what I want to talk about next. Yeah. What, what is the 
Um, so I, I love the difference that you that you set apart from the rest. It's definitely um, intriguing and it's definitely an interesting. It's just you're not your typical WordPress. Here's a plugin. Plugin needs an update. Download the update. If you don't yeah. get that update, then you're screwed in some sense for you know whatever might happen down the road. So I do like that business model, and it's in, yeah. and it's good to see other entrepreneurs uh, breaking the mold from that yeah. stuff. Um, cool. So what is the base price of Warpit? And did you have a strategy to come up with pricing? That's uh, a really, I mean, I can answer the how much it is very quickly, but uh, as we released the whole new update, upgrade to the system yesterday, the new functionality, we've increased our base price. It was sitting at like 32 cents a site, which is practically free. And um, we've increased that to 60 cents a site, but with the trial system, you sign up to the trial, if you subscribe to the to the core service and you start paying money. If you do that within seven days, for example, you get forty percent off. So it's effectively the same price as what it was. But it's also just to to let people see the full system and if they want if they like the system, then they can get straight into it. And um there's a lot of people that would come on and they look at it and they're like, mm, well I'm using this already so I don't really care and that's fine. Because it's you can't push people away from what they already have, and if it's working for them, that's great. But this system, if you get in early, you get a great price. You get right. basically the price we were flogging at. I mean, it's it's a great it's a great price, but yeah. it's not free. Yeah, I, um, I think that I I look at that price and I'm like, wow, thirty two cents. How do you even charge somebody thirty two cents? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I would think that like there was some like minimum that you'd have to have on a charge. Um, yeah, we, we basically did it so that you have a five-site minimum. It's Because otherwise, if you do it on a per-site basis, um, you lose all your all the incoming money on fees for the payment. Yep. Uh, and we also don't, like let's say you have five sites and you want to add an extra site, so you're six sites. You don't just pay an extra, what, 30, 36 cents. That then gets pro rata calculated until the end of the month, so you would never pay the full month's price of those pittance mm-hmm. at that point and it just gets added on to the very end so that the beginning of the month of the next month they all get collected together and then charged mm-hmm. so we're not charging there and then at the point mm-hmm. so you can add and remove sites and whatever and the system will automatically balance and calculate all that out mm-hmm. without charging your card you'll only just get one one charge say at the beginning of the month so it's uh, so it's roughly coming to a couple bucks a month for your average customer uh for a five site customer it's one dollar sixty Okay. Basically, at the moment, yeah. um, which not a whole lot. Yeah, not a whole, uh, not a whole lot at all. Did did no. h- how did you how did you come up with that? Did you um, did you say, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna cut out any kind of competition, uh, make it like an iTunes charge, like you're just buying a song or, or a small app. Somebody's familiar with that kind of price range. Yeah. Um, was there's, there? A, there's, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, was there a particular strategy that that maybe you came up with for that? Uh, we've thought a lot about pricing and we've jumped around different things. But one thing that stayed with us, we had hosting. We had like a hosting service. We still have it. Uh, it's going back nearly 10 years now. But uh, we've always maintained really low prices because we, we our basic, basic aim is to automate whatever we can, whenever we can, which means that you don't need a person sitting in, in the computer or anything to do that. So if we can automate it and get things working, which... I can tell you it's pretty difficult with all the coasting configurations out there, but if we can do that, we don't need then to charge <clears throat> silly prices to people. 
and we want our product to be as accessible to the person who has five sites and have all those features that we will eventually bring in and already have to them, to the same people that manage huge numbers of websites, hundreds of websites. We want those same features and we don't believe that it's fair that if you've got five sites, you should be paying more per site than the person who has 500 sites. Why should they get a huge big discount because they've got so many sites? Why not make that same price available to everybody and price it at a level that if you've got 500 sites, you, you pay a fair price for that. And if you've got five, you pay the same price. We just, we don't really believe too much in the whole scaling. When you pay, when you pay more, you get a reduced price. We don't, we don't really like that. We, if, if we can afford as a, as a service to give away 500 sites at a cheaper price, then why can't we afford to give those same prices to people with less sites? Right. So we just kind of, we've, we've, that's the basic underlying methodology in the pricing, which is fair and equitable to all. There's no, there's no special rewards if you've got more sites. Yeah. And some people with more sites might have a problem with that, and then we can work that out with them. So you'll grow your revenue uh, once the person is, let's say, another hosting company uh, picks yeah. up Warpit. Um, your revenue really will grow, and your margins are probably much much higher at the top. Um, yeah. You know, versus where you are where you are if somebody's just got the five sites. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely an interesting strategy. Definitely. Um, yeah. The whole. Sorry. I was just going to say that um, I was going to transition into then. How did you? Uh, how do you intend on supporting the super large that might have a thousand sites versus the the person who's just got five sites? Are you automating those systems too? Um, is there a different level of support that you might introduce with somebody that has a thousand sites? Um, no, the people with a thousand sites, they will ultimately use the same functionality. So it's as automated as we can make it. When people come in with a lot of sites, um, it it points to maybe holes or points to maybe things that we can improve to automate things. So they just help us refine the system, basically, and that's that's been going on since since the very beginning. And usually, with people with a lot of sites, have very disparate hosting configurations, and they allow us then to accommodate the system towards all those. And once we once we find one system, like Media Temple, which is particularly tricky, uh, once we find one and we get connected to that, and that works. That works for all Media Temple, for example, or we get an it's. The numbers of configurations is just mind-boggling. Yeah, but um, each one that comes along and each one that we connect with, uh, more and more, it's it's a success the first time around. But sometimes there's a little tweak and we can make a change to that, and that's global to everybody because all our we don't need to update the plugin because, as I mentioned earlier, everything comes from the central. central is, is there a hosting uh, provider that's just impossible to work with, like a GoDaddy? <laughs> GoDaddy's pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of the most challenging, and that's. Most actually, at the moment, we I can't name you a hosting company that we have a particular problem with with the Warpit product. The definitely the biggest challenge at the moment for us is the backup system that we're running. That's that's definitely the biggest challenge. But we're again because it's all centralized. Every time we meet a new hosting provider that's got a slightly different quirk, we can work around that or find out what it is we need to do, and then that backup then just works for all. Host, host on that type of host. Nice. That's, but it's tricky. It's, it's a lot of manual work. But as we do all the manual work, it gets more automated. Yep. Let's continue on a little bit more about the business. So um, you start at a really low price in the hopes to scale, yeah. in the hopes to scale to a bigger 
let's say hosting provider. Um, yeah. yeah, I heard so far it's you and your brother on the team. Do you have uh, any plans to add more people to the team? Do you already have a virtual team in place that's already kind of running and, and supporting you and, and helping you develop? We, um, we've made two attempts in the past at bringing on developers uh, remotely. And they have failed miserably, but um, unfortunately it was more down to our due diligence in basically their capabilities. And they oversold themselves, unfortunately. I've heard this. And, I've uh, heard this before. I've heard this before, um, and experienced it before, where you've yeah. been oversold uh, a bill of goods, uh, thinking that they are uh, the quote unquote rock star or, or ni yeah. ni PHP ninja. Um, tell us about that. How are you going to How are you going to rectify that? How are you going to do your due diligence moving forward? Um, well, basically, we, on, we, we've taken on two at uh, two different times, one shortly after the other. And the first one, it went on for quite a while until we really just decided that it just wasn't really going to be. And um, we thought, okay, right, we'll, we'll do this a bit differently next time and we'll create effectively a test for them to do. And we did that. And, and at the start, again, that seemed to go fine. But it's... We've learned basically that the complexity of our system, um, I think, scares people. And because, like I said, I'm not the core developer here, but um, I do develop on the system. But there's some things I just don't go near because it, it is very complex. And we made the mistake, I think, of overwhelming the people that, that came to work for us. And that's a real, as I learn more about what it would take to take on someone, that's a real problem mm -hmm. that you can, is overwhelm. And um, the level of technology in it is is a little bit complex. So we've we've thought about how would who would bring on, or the type of person that we need to bring on, and how we would bring them into it. And it would probably start with me in that, given that I would get overwhelmed if I went into the system, then I know a little bit better about how I can ease them into the system. Yeah, and get them working on higher level or more user-facing parts of the system as opposed to dig into the core. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the entrepreneur's, or one of the entrepreneur's roadblocks, right? Because it's just the two yep. of you. You don't have time to sit down and properly go through every line of code and every yep. you know section or function, um, let alone have them understand like how the customers are coming in, how they're interacting with the front end. Yeah. Um, so we like to think because we're that way, we like to think, well, just jump into the fire and just yeah. get, get in there, start, start I, going. It um, doesn't work. And it does not work. Um, no. You know, so, some crazy ideas that I've always thought of, but again, it goes back to the entrepreneur thing. If, if you're trying to build a business, do you have the cash flow to just bring somebody in to help you document and systemize yeah. this chaos <laughs> that, totally, we, yeah. that we live in? You know, is it worth it to do something like that? That's yet to be answered in, in my world anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we're basically coming to the point um, where we feel we need to. We, we, can't, we can't really scale at this point. The growth and our ability to develop the system and also support the customers is being challenged at the moment. So we're rushing to it at the moment. We're, we're really getting ready for that. And in order to do that, like I listen to quite a number of different podcasts. One of my favorite is the Lifestyle Business Podcast. I don't know if you're aware of Dan uh, and Ian. That one I haven't heard of. That's that's a imperative listening for any entrepreneur. I think yeah. uh, I just think they're great guys. And one thing that uh, they really stress is documenting everything that you do 
because I mean they've been taking on they've been taking on staff for years, and that's what really what we've started to do right now is is document everything, document all our processes, and document the system itself so that we have something that we can fall back on and and if they have a question we hand it to them, and we can show them this is this is what we do to do this, this is how the system's roughly built, so that that takes a little bit less time on our part to introduce that person because that's. Something that we really lost was the time invested to bring on those people in the past that didn't that didn't make the cut basically and, and all that investment of time that could have been spent developing the product was lost. Yeah. And now we're basically going at it from a different angle, which is getting ourselves ready so that we we are we are very clear about what we are and what we're doing and, and how things work. So that's it's easy to pass that on to someone, and that it's easy for them, so they're not left uh, just in this sea of information, for which they are they have no investment. They're not for us as the entrepreneur. We're deeply invested in, it and we'll do whatever it takes to learn whatever it takes right. to to do it right. And they just need a little bit more guidance at the start. Yeah. So. Do you think it's um, for your next hire? Do you, are you do you think you're going to find somebody who's invested in the product, um, be it? be it through money they might invest in the company um, or just a, a better way to vet them to say that yeah they are committed to this and they want to see this succeed yeah I, it's that we won't be looking for an investor in that regard we've thought about that and we're, we wouldn't rule it out necessarily but we we just need a, a really good developer I think at this point and um, we, have, we have actually approached one or two people but they've got their own projects generally Really good developers have their own entrepreneurial uh, aspirations, and yes. they don't want to be moving away from that. Yes. We've yes. just got to find a really good developer who's prepared to to sink their teeth into it, yep. and we'll just vet them just based on references and their experience. And all you can do is is do your best and hope that they'll do their best. There's there's no right answer to it, unfortunately. Yeah, you know? the good the good news is is you're you're starting to to feel the growing pains. Uh, yeah. for lack of a better word. So it's a good thing. It's better than yeah. just hearing crickets. At least you're hearing people say, Absolutely. I need help. Um, it's a, great, yeah, it's a great, great sign. How did you get to this point? Uh, any, any strategies or tactics you can share uh, with marketing the product or, or being out there on the web? That's, as, non, as the non-main core developer, that's really my role is I'm the front man. And <clears throat> I think the single biggest uh, factor, I would say, in getting us to where we are. The product aside, the product does its its own marketing on itself, is the customer support. Um, it's always on, basically, and um, our testimonials show that, that, that people can see our enthusiasm for the product and we're not a fly-by-night and we're here. And we might be yet another WordPress management system, but but we're, we're here for the long haul and we've got a great product. And basically any problem, if you're five sites or 50, we do whatever it takes to fix it and get it up, up to speed and up to working because, like I said before, if they're on a particular host that has a problem, they're probably not the only ones. So if we can fix it for them and make it work genius for them, then it's going to work genius for the next person that comes along in the same hosting. So we've got no advantage to favoritism over somebody's got 50 and somebody's got five. So we just we just put all all that we can in to supporting the customer, and that's probably the biggest thing. But the whole, the whole marketing and strategy stuff is still something that that I'm still trying to work out. I'm trying to get the best, the best 
path to, and we've we've experimented with pricing and and uh, experiment like Google experiments and things like that. And we're we're running them at the moment, and I've seen some really really amazing results actually out of experiments. I really highly recommend that anybody anybody in this sort of web app sphere and and testing their funnel should do Google experiments or should do some sort of testing, A-B testing of their system because you'll be amazed at what you see. Yeah, and that's Google experiments built into Google Analytics so yeah, that you it's can too kind easy. Of track yeah. that funnel. Yeah, it's too easy to use, really. I mean, yeah. once you get used to it the first time, you set up your first experiment and you work it out, that takes that takes could take the better part of a day depending on your experience with, with Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. But once you've done the first one, I mean, I set up a new one today because because we've changed the system quite a bit and introduced the 30-day trial, things like that. So, I mean, it took me took me half an hour to set up a, a brand new experiment with, mm -hmm. with different content, things like that. I highly recommend that mm -hmm. as a way to really finely tune your, your funnel, basically, and, and see what people like and what pushes them towards your product. Sure. And, and so the folks that don't know, you're doing some A-B testing, um, yeah. showing, showing, you know, piece of content A, piece of content B, Price A, price B. Let's see which yeah. one the visitors are, are clicking on more. Um, yeah. Do you do that a lot with content, or do you do that a lot with price? Uh, we actually never A/B test the price. Okay. Because well, well, no, no, we don't. We don't charge one price for one person at one point because they happen to sign up on one page. So at any given time, the price is always consistent for everybody. Um, <clears throat> we would effectively be running price tests now because we've just raised their prices. So we would be able to see if there is a general change in uptake from that, but we don't A-B test prices. What we do A-B test is, for example, is the layout of the pricing page. We have a, we had one on there up until today where it was just, we just I just did a redesign on the pricing page and, and laid out the benefits a bit better and just tested that. And then there's the front page, the headline, and um, what the content of the front page and the ordering of that. Is being tested at the moment, so it's just it's just more testing the impact of headlines at the moment and the, and and core content and some of the layout and some of the flow of the pages to see what changes and there are usually remarkable changes. Are you doing any live analytics? Like, so you're making these changes, you're pushing them live, and then you're actually seeing somebody sign up from that change like within minutes, hours. Uh, well, I've only only did actually half an hour before this call. I put in the new test, so I haven't seen any results from that. Yep. But yeah, immediately we, the landing page that you get to after you sign up, is always the same. So we have that as a goal, and you need the goal in Google Analytics in order to, to do content experiments. So we can see immediately if some which landing page on the front page they signed up, or which one they landed on, for to then sign up. So we will know which page they looked at. So you, yeah. you can basically track you can track anything, basically. Yeah. What's that feeling like when you when you make a change and then you see a sign up and you're just like, hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Like we, I did a, a landing page test. We had this landing page that we'd had for months. This was actually my first A-B test. And we got over 100% increase in conversion to sign up when I changed that page. Nice. And I changed it to a page that I thought would actually perform a lot worse just based on another article I read. It was a long, flowing letter kind of sign-up page. I thought, I mean, who, who reads that anymore? Because when I see those, I'm normally switched right off. I don't, I'm not interested. But that performed over 100% better. Wow. And it just, it just blows your mind. And you think that, 
that of all those people that have come and gone, you could have doubled yeah. your conversion rate to sign up. And that's just obviously to sign up for free. But it's it's an incredible statistic and yeah. it's one not worth missing out on. That's amazing. The, um, the client signs up, they get introduced to the product. Is there one roadblock that you hit a lot uh, uh, more out of uh, more times out of none um, that the client just can't figure out how to install the plugin? Is there a common frequently asked question that you you battle with with new clients? Um, generally, it's when they add their site for the first time. I think. There is, um, with the new interface that we released yesterday, I've tried to offset that, where the, they're adding, very often I see people adding a domain or add, try, attempting to add a site and the URL doesn't even exist. It's almost as if they're, but they don't often contact us. Some, some people do, and then I can tell them. Um, but they're trying to add a site that doesn't even exist. That, that, that's like a, almost like they want to buy a URL and put WordPress on that, which, and that happens actually quite frequently. Um, so we're wondering how we can then bring in, it's like I said, WordPress, it's, there's so much more to managing your WordPress sites than just managing your plugin and updates, it's your whole hosting. Yep. So one thing that we're thinking of bringing in to WordPress is the whole idea <clears throat> of integrated, get a domain, get, a host, get your hosting, install WordPress, install this template. Um, that's a long way off, but um, it's one thing that we've thought about from the beginning. Um, we think from what we're seeing from some of the troubles people have is that that's actually what they're looking to do, is they're adding the site that they haven't actually purchased yet. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. One other thing is um, probably, probably this, the biggest problem once you've added a site is, uh, and Plesk hosting has this problem a lot, where WordPress does not have file write permissions. So, like, I don't know if you've ever had it where you have a WordPress site and you go to update a plugin or update something and then it prompts you with your FTP details. That is basically WordPress itself doesn't have permission to write to the disk. And this happens most often in Plesk web posting. And uh, we know the way around that and we're, we're working on getting that in, but that's probably the biggest problem. And people think that because WordPress just leverages the WordPress system, if WordPress itself doesn't have write permissions, then WordPress won't have it either. We can't bypass the security of that. So we're working to make it a bit easier for people to update their systems without having to put in their FTP details into WordPress. They can centrally manage it from within WordPress. So that's that's probably the biggest problem that we have. But that's unfortunately it's not a WordPress problem, but it's something that we yeah. can solve. Definitely, yeah. definitely an, uh, an interesting uh, problem to fix. That's when you're going to need that team of developers to come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, half the problem is UI, is UI work. And like, we can code the back end to do stuff, but it's getting the interface flowing and working and making it really easy for the user. That's, that's really where our bottleneck is. Uh, real quick, how many, <coughs> you bring up a good point on UI. How many iterations of, of UI have you gone through since, since day one? Oh, a lot. Um, we we kicked off with the Twitter bootstrap uh, UI. Um, that was really useful for getting started. Highly recommend that. Yep. There's so much, so many ways you can take that, and that was fine. And that, that got us off off and going. Like, and uh, we really basically just iterated that. We just we didn't do any crazy designs with that. We just improved it and improved the tabs and the on the pages and stuff like that. And the slight design. Uh, got rid of junk that was there that we thought, oh, we need to fill some space, and we added in this and that. We got rid of that. Um, we, 
but yesterday actually we released our, our by far our biggest update which is it's just a brand new UI and uh, that's the biggest iterate that's the biggest change by far and away it's completely Ajax and it loads each page as you need it so you don't reload pages you don't go back and forward between pages and have to wait for the reloads it loads it all in the background mm -hmm. and it's it's really yeah it's a really great change in our UI but UI is probably our our weakest point, I'd have to say, and that's really who we need to bring on to yeah. really push that ahead. Yeah. Because neither of us are designers, but we can code what we need to code, but yeah. to make it look pretty and make it flow, that's the challenge yeah. for us at the moment. It is. There's a lot of people, uh, especially in client services, the clients themselves, they don't they don't really put a lot of attention into into design or, or they don't think that, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't really need to have this great, amazing website they don't realize that design <clears throat> is everything yep. um, because then once they get their new site they say what is this you know i wanted something that looked like apple or you know or mercedes benz or something you know and it's just like well you you should have put more attention to detail yep. it's just not that easy yeah you know? um real quick let's talk about wordpress uh as a community um do you attend word camps wordpress meetups how do you stay involved with wordpress uh we haven't actually gone into any word camps um we we were talking to people about the because we're based in Europe mm -hmm. about going to WordCamp in Edinburgh, and there was one I think in the end of April. We couldn't make it to that basically with this new release coming up. But uh, I my guess is that we'll start to attend more of them coming forward. Mm -hmm. But we just we haven't been to any yet. Yep. But uh, with a few things that we would like to talk about, but uh, in coming and going forward, probably well, we would like to do that. But as yet, no, we haven't. Do you tap into the the community through? Like WordPress.org, do you spend any time on the forums over there? Yeah, I have a look now again. I spend more most of my time on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, there's there's lots of WordPress support groups in LinkedIn yep. that I spend most of my time on there and, and contribute where I can on that. Yeah, Google so. Plus communities is actually pretty nice too. Um, okay. That's that's a place where I've been spending a little bit of time in the in the WordPress community over there. Uh -huh. um, I find that a little bit cleaner and easier than your typical LinkedIn group. Um, yeah, those seem, a bit messy. Yeah, yeah, those seem yeah very messy. Sometimes too much spam and and all that fun stuff. Yep. Well, awesome, Paul. This has been a great, great interview uh, as far as teaching us about your product, teaching us from launching the product to running the business to yep. doing a two-man shop, working out of the garage. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> trying to build it out. Um, you know, the Google experiments and funneling. I think everyone will get some awesome information. Uh, if they haven't, they weren't listening well enough, go back, hit replay, and listen to what Paul has to say. Uh, quick pause for the cause. If you want more of these awesome interviews, mattreport.com and mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll jump into the last two segments of the show. Uh, next segment is what's in your toolbox? What piece of software or hardware do you need on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to run the business uh, and, and to, to keep Warp It up and running? Uh, there's no one. There's no one tool in there. Um, if I had to pick one for the browser, it'd be LastPass. If you're not saving your passwords with LastPass, then then you're shooting yourself in the foot. I, we just we couldn't. We just could not keep everything organized without it. Yep. Um, but uh, just in terms of Warpit, we've just um, subscribed to Freshdesk. Okay. I don't know if you're aware of it. The support system. It's we were using desk.com yep. for since the beginning. So I'm sure you've heard of that. They're bought by Salesforce. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a great system, but I'm sold. If you need 
uh, and they've got a free uh, a free system basically for up to three agents. Um, uh, Freshdesk for help desk support and integrates single sign on, which we've integrated into Warpit and ticketing and just we just think I don't know I've I signed up to them about two weeks ago to try them out for preparation for this, but in order to keep track of customer support, which is something we're that's really important to us. Freshdesk.com is I'm not in any way affiliated and yeah. <laughs> or anything like that, but I just think they're great. I just think they they've really turned our support system around. Yep. It's just great. Yeah, we've been using Zendesk, and everyone loves Zendesk. I just find it a little long in the tooth. It just seems so old, and yep. and I don't know. I just the, the support email address gets a lot of spam, and it's just a pain mm-hmm. to manage the spam. And I, I used desk.com at one point, but it was just that one free agent <clears throat> yep. that was decent. But no, I'll definitely check out uh, Freshdesk. Highly recommend it. Nice. Um, let's jump into the lightning round where I'll ask you a series of quick questions and you have a series of quick answers. All right, hit me. <laughs> uh, the one plugin you cannot live without besides well, your that own. Would, oh, besides my own? <laughs> um, I very much like the redirection plugin. Okay. I think it's critical on any site in order to plug those gaps, plug those holes and find out what dead ends people are hitting. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. If, <clears throat> for those that don't know, keep keep on point with your Google webmasters, make sure you're not getting any 404 errors and yeah. get those pages redirected. Um, a favorite WordPress or business book? A uh, business book would have to be The E-Myth yep. by Michael Gerber. It's critical reading if you're if you're remotely considering doing your own thing, being an entrepreneur. This it's critical. It's, yep. You have to you have to get these principles in your brain from the outset. They're all difficult they're difficult, but I they have to be done. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by? Uh, feel a little every day, uh, which is basically you might not get everything done that you want to do and you might not get it all done perfectly. But if you're giving it a shot and you're you're going for it, then at least you're, you're getting part of the way. So feel a little every day. Don't worry about not getting it all done. Just get, get what you can done. That's awesome. Um, the best business or career advice you ever received? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, probably that there is no, there is no job. There's no such thing as job security. And um, if you are in a job and you're thinking about uh, doing your own thing or making your own stab at it, um, <clears throat> that job that you have probably isn't as secure as you think it is. Yeah. And the only way that you're ever going to get secure or get security is if you really make a good go at your own at your own efforts, if you can, yeah. give it a shot. That that job or another job will always be, or something like it will probably always be there if you need to go back to it. But there is no such thing as job security. I agree. Uh, the longest a client project has ever taken. Ooh, I'd say probably two, three months. Oh they can, wow! That's, they they that's, can go a bit. They can go a bit long sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's so far the longest running is two years. So you're, you're oh, on good. the safe side. That's uh, all right then. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I don't know actually what I would do. Probably Joomla. That's I the think. first answer. First Joomla answer on the record. Uh, um, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to know. That's yeah. a difficult one. Be a big uh, transition. <laughs> 
who should I interview next? Mm, I would like to see an interview with Pat Flynn. Ah, yes. Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. Yep. Or even if you got one of the guys from Internet Business Mastery. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're all good. Um, what's the one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Ooh. Uh, what's I guess what's after Warp It? Yes. What is after Warp It? We don't actually know. We've, we've always got ideas, more ideas than we've got time to implement. Um, we've, we've started this beta project, FTP to Cloud, which allows you to do FTP to Amazon F3, Amazon S3 and Dropbox and stuff like that. That will probably be our next little mini project, if nothing else. But so many ideas, it's, it's hard to know. It's just hard to know. Yeah, that's awesome. It's Entrepreneur's Dilemma. It's we yeah. don't know where we're going next. <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah. All right, Paul, this has been a great interview. Um, everyone go check out Paul. Paul, plug away. Where can people find you on the web? Uh, you, can find, you can find our service at warpit.com. Um, that will soon be changing to icontrolwp.com, just so as you know. But um, warpit.com will always be. You can contact me. You can get me on my personal blog, paulgoodchild.net. You can contact me there. Uh, or send a support question or, or grab me on the chat. I'm normally on the chat on the website. So always there. Always uh, welcome any questions or, or any, any, anything, any communication, whatever you want. Awesome. I'm there. Awesome. Everyone go say thanks. Paul, thanks for joining. Cool. Thanks for having me, man.